Yes, what's going on, people? Welcome back to the Double MP, the Miles Bukowski podcast. It's your boy Miles here for another week. This is episode five. And what I said to you guys last week is that every 5th, 10th, 15th, and so on, I know my five times tables, we are going to be having a guest on the show. And I had to only bring the best of the best. I know the guy who's on the other side, ready to talk, is going to like that. A guy... <laughs> Who is he's already laughing, you know what I mean? You can only hear it coming through. But I have got my homie Toby, Toby O, in the <laughs> podcast right about now. Say hello to the people. What's up, people? Listen, your interest had me smiling. I was trying to keep it in. I was trying to hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> I love your interest, man. <laughs> I, I, I had to do it, you know what I mean? I had to do it because it's a, it's a good time, man. You're the first guest, like, official guest on this part of the podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's a part of the podcast I started the start of the year. And I wanted to just get people involved. And obviously you're an artist. So we're going to be speaking about your music and your crafts in a little bit. But it's just nice to have a different format that doesn't really feel like an interview. You know what I mean? It's a bit more related, laid back and relaxed. Yeah. More calm, more like like natural, right? You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I hear that. Like, let's talk about you real quick though. Let's, let's kind of give people a bit of an introduction as to who you are and like what you do. So what's some of the interesting things that you can share with uh, people that you want to share with people? I want to try to the spot, you know what I mean? No, that's cool, that's cool. So yeah, my name is Toby O. Uh, soul and R&B. St- what's the opposite of a songstress? Because I always hear females use the word songstress. What's the, what's the, what's the male version of a songstress? Uh, is that a songstra? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't even know you know. I think it's just, <laughs> I, you know what it is? I just like, Ooh, that's I, a good question, right? What's a should we call it songstra for the sake of my my little brief intro? A songstra, yeah, or is songstra. it a miss miss song? I don't know. Anyway, gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna say mistra, like yo, what? just songstra's fine. <laughs> songstra, <laughs> cool guys. So yeah, my name is Toby. Oh, uh, I'm a soul and R&B songstra, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, <laughs> this is terrible. This is my I'm trying to find a good definition for my music, but anyway. I sing, um, and yeah, I'm, I feel very privileged and happy to be here with Miles today. Uh, yeah, to be on the podcast. I just released a new song uh, called Love, featuring uh, a very known um, lo-fi artist, Epifania. Um, and yeah, working on a mixtape that's coming up very soon later on in the year called Honey Silky Smooth. Yeah, and I like, I actually heard the song already, and I played it on my radio show, and it went down really well. You know, there's a lot of good good reception to it a lot of people seem to like the song so make sure you go check it out on streaming services and you know what i mean share share the love of well we've got to talk about some topics yes. first so if you still like yeah. what we say by the end of it stream it once at the beginning and then stream it at the end you know what i mean exactly <laughs> stream 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 yeah now usually on what a week i kind of talk about things that have happened over the last seven days and i give my thoughts and opinions and i actually sent you episode one and you had some choice words about Azealia Banks that you wanted to talk about. I want to bring that up real quick, just because it kind of links in nicely to the beginning of the podcast. Um, yes. Those who were just listening at the very, very beginning, I basically said, yo, Azealia Banks, like, she's done out here. Like, she's kind of gone. She had that one song, 212, and now my girl's out here doing taxidermy and doing the madness, and it's not a good look for her. <laughs> but you had, like, a whole different take of that, didn't you? You kind of thought otherwise about Azealia yeah. Banks. I mean, like, do you know, yeah, like, I, I see why she could come across as, as very bizarre in the way she behaves. But do you know what? She has more than one banger, by the way. Not just two, two on two was her obviously biggest commercial track, but she had like a few, like, um, 19 to 75 or something. And then she had like, um, she had loads of songs, put, put it this way. And I feel like, uh, the, like, the way she's acting, it's actually 
in my opinion, to do with how the industry is treating her. And mm. she's almost kind of fighting back um, by doing some of these things. And like, if you actually look into her story, she's been treated very, very unfairly by the industry in so many ways, in terms of contracts and deals. And people handle these situations differently. Some people are very good, mentally strong, and they can just work through it. And some people, you know, manage their emotions differently. So although, yeah, I look at like some of her antics and I'm like, oh my God, like this girl, you tripping. But on the other side, I kind of feel sorry for her, you know? So I, I, I'm, not, I'm a bit reluctant to be harsh on her because I feel the pain, do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and she has more than one bag of miles. Please, she has more than two or two. All right, two, 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 two things. Fair enough. I, I, I'm not. You know, I'm looking at Azealia Banks from, um, you know, like outside perspective. I'm not looking at her from, like, inside. I'm, I'm not in her family. Thank goodness. Not gonna lie. But it's just one of those situations where I was just like, yeah, with the music, she only had the one bag of it. Like, you have to be a fan of Azealia Banks. If you think about songs like, say for example, like we talk about. Drake, yeah, obviously he just dropped the brand the three brand new singles on Friday, Scary Hours 2. Mm-hmm. But like you can say, oh wow, he's got this, this, this. Azealia Banks has 212. And that's the only song you'll ever hear from her. If well, no, well, do you know something? Yeah, go on. No, go, 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 go. No, I was gonna say that, like, because you're not like I guess a fan, so you you're you're only referencing the most commercial song. But like I just had a quick look on Spotify. She has 212, 1991, that's what I was about. She has licorice. And I actually know a lot of these songs. And you know what, yeah? It's crazy because as, as crazy as people say she is, she actually has a cult following. I wouldn't say I'm a cult follower of her, but I appreciate because the time that she came out, yeah, she was like a breath of fresh air because then it was, I think it was just Nicki Minaj. And then you had this dark skinned female coming out, giving you like an old school vibe. And she was actually spitting flows. And I was like, okay, like, you know, and then she just went and just gone down, just went on a tirade. And then, you know, that Tyra Banks uh, thing where she's like, we're rooting for you, we're all rooting for you. Mm. That's how I feel like towards the beat of back. Um, the banks you know she did let me down a little bit but she has more than one banger mouse i promise you listen i'm not gonna like I, I hear what you're saying isn't it? like obviously she came onto the scene and you know there's another female who's this person with the melanin magic but her magic was judge so i didn't want no part of it <laughs> you know there was oh <laughs> <laughs> like, i was just like i've I was, been trying to convince you for so long you're you're, you're just not budget on this one are you <laughs> nah, yo, yo we have to agree to disagree on the point but this is why i like i want to hear different perspectives because like most people were saying like yeah she's crazy but you're coming from a different perspective and one of the points that you raised was how you said the industry's kind of giving her a hard time and that kind of links in with the first topic i wanted to talk to you about so what i'm going to do as well for everyone listening is every time we have guests because they're not always going to be music related i'm always going to ask them questions that are in their field but are just kind of general oversights so so Toby, I was watching this week. Um, obviously, did you watch? Actually, before I even get to that, did you watch X Factor as a child? Like all the American Idol, Pop Idol. I did, stuff? I did, I did. I was, I was one of the fanboys of X Factor and all these shows. I even auditioned as well. Like, yeah, like trust me, I'm one of the. Those oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay. So, the question I was going to ask was: Would you ever go on a reality TV show as a singer, like The Voice, X Factor, and stuff like that? But now you've said what you've said. When did you go? In, when did you go audition? Okay, so, right, right, okay, let's move around real quick here. Yeah. I've actually got a different take on it now. So, because, so when I auditioned, it was actually when I was like 16, maybe uh, 17. So my, my perception now is very different. But when I did audition, it was when I was 16, 17. So I went on X Factor um, and I got to, so before the round they show on TV, they actually have like pre-auditions prior to that, where you uh, audition in front of the actual uh, producers of the show in like Wembley Arena or Stadium. Yeah. Um, and then like, and then if you make it through, then you go and go to another producer round where there's like maybe two or three of them. And then if you make it through that, then you get to go in front of the judges. So I was, 
I guess I wasn't prepared, but like I got to the to the stage just before you go and see the judges, and then my mom made me change my, change my song last minute after I had spent months rehearsing this one song. My mom then said I should sing Amazing Grace because she thought it was more spiritual and what connects song more with the, what song were you trying to sing? I was gonna sing a song by a woman called Gwen Guthrie. She's a very old school artist. Like only like I think our parents will know them, but yeah, you know, you know my taste in music, Miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like so, <laughs> it was a song called Closer to You by by Gwen Guthrie, like the very end of that song. And uh yeah, my mom was like, now nah, sing sing Amazing Grace instead. And then I sang Amazing Grace, and then they even gave me a chance to sing another song. And then my mom made me sing another church song, and then they were just and I just didn't get a call back. So then I then uh so then yeah, I did that twice and I got to the same stage twice. You know, clearly I needed some work back then, um, and then I got scouted for the for the voice um, for the voice yeah. uh, where I got put onto uh, the producers round. So I didn't need to do the prior auditions. Like I got scouted, so they just stopped me like in front of the the producers round just before the actual main show, and okay. then um, and then yeah, I got a place, but then I decided not to go ahead and see the judges because. At the time, I just felt as though like it would do maybe a bit more damage to my music than it would do success at okay. the time. Yeah. Okay. So, do you know what it is like? So you've explained as to why. So you had a kind of a, you've dabbled with two of them, and one that was obviously was a lot popping ten years ago was kind of the biggest reality TV show in the UK. The Voice, I feel like, has lost a bit of the essence. But the fact that you're part of it, listen, I mean, you have to be gassed as well to be part to be scouted. You didn't have to go and fish up for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They've been trying to get me to come back ever since, man. And I keep having to say, listen, I politely, humbly decline, respectfully decline. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to do the voice right now because do you know what it is, Miles? I feel like when you go on these 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 reality, uh, is would you even call it reality TV? Yeah. I don't know, but like, um, when you go on these shows, yeah, like, I feel like it can kind of stifle your career because like, only One Direction. When you deep it, if you look at all these shows, the only the only act that has really blown and is still and has credibility. It's One Direction and who else? Little Mix. Little Mix. Those are the only two. I mean, I mean do you know what it is? It's like everything. I feel like I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck because I'm not a singer in it, so I wouldn't. I don't know from a perspective because I do think that it's those who don't win on like singing shows and singing contests and stuff. They do better because I'm gonna take it back to like the 2000s. Yeah, like remember like Lamar. Yeah. Like he, I think he was on Fame Academy. I think he finished like third. I don't think he won that. Nah, nah. Then, then you've got like Alexandra Burke, JLS. I think one, I think Alexandra Burke won it, but JLS were bigger than her. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously true. One Direction. You've got Little <laughs> Mix. Um, I'm sure like Leona Lewis kind of did her thing, and then she kind of dipped. She kind of kept it moving. Yeah, her voice. You know, her voice is damaged now, so she can't sing as well as she used to. How? Yeah, if you go on, go on her recent performances, like she can't carry those notes anymore. She had something. Um, uh, I don't know if it's spiraled or something, but she had something that, that affected her voice. So now she can't really sing as well as she used to anymore. If you go on her recent clips, um, then yeah, you'll see. But you know, I hear what you're saying in terms of like the ones who don't win are the ones who who actually do well. Yeah. But then like, I think it depends. Well, I'm saying this from an artist view. So it depends on your level of, of like how, depends on how like solid you want to be in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like for me personally, like, I'm not content with just being somebody that's around for the season. Like, oh, I'm Leona Lewis and I'm just there for like a certain period or Alexandra Burke, or I'm just there for a certain period. I'm talking about the longevity. Like One Direction, in 50 years time, they will, they will still have fans that will come for their reunion tour. Little Mix, same thing. Leona Lewis, I don't know. Alexandra Burke, at Lamar, do you know what I mean? So I think there's levels to the, there, there's levels to the, um, to the fame, I guess. Mm. And I see it as more of a long-term thing. So 
I would rather gain the success myself. I know that I've built organic following. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that like these shows don't support, because it does, because like, you know, you build a fan, you get more recognition, but then you just get stifled. Like I see so many, I can list you a bunch of singers in these shows that should have been big. Like that Jermaine guy from The Voice, Laura White, um, like there's so many of them like that should have been big but I think because they went on X Factor and all these shows it just kind of capped them and they're just known as the girl from X Factor and that's it and and a lot of them are even legally tied into contracts whereby they actually can't do things outside of X Factor or Psycho for 10 years it's crazy yeah. I was even seeing one with, with Rebecca Ferguson who literally tweeted like a few days ago how she was like bullied by somebody in Psycho and they stopped her from releasing music in the USA and she had to beg for them and she couldn't make music for years like for me it's just like it's just like it's a trap it's a trap I don't know man but everyone has a different experiences you know so just depends yeah I think mean, what the thing is the things that you're raising are, are key because like you said you win you win or you, you get signed afterwards say like you're so good but like you just you don't win the audience vote for that week and then someone like Psycho or someone else comes and picks you up and you go for it you're kind of sacrificing like your yourself but that kind of links in with like would you sign to a label or not do you know what I mean it's, it's slightly it's slightly different but I hear exactly what you're saying as well I think the manipulation is the key part because like you said there's so many different stages and the reason why I wanted to ask you this is because I've been watching a lot of these X Factor and American Idol like the rudest uh, this this that and the other people you know the ones that the people go in there thinking <laughs> they're the best in the world <laughs> and they sing terribly and it's like yo why did you gas you because you dated the slap <laughs> Clearly, you've got friends because your friends allowed you to go on here and disgrace yourself here on national TV. <laughs> you know them ones. That's I'm just, uh, <laughs> I saw I saw one guy called Cash on there, yeah, oh, and um, he was like, he this is probably like the 2000s, like early 2010s, and he had the sunglasses on, he had the gelled hair and that, and his <laughs> friends were gassing him, yeah. I caught he sung like a, like a club song, like a David Guetta esque type song in it, and I'm like, mm. I'm not gonna, I can't sing in it, but I wouldn't go onto a reality TV show and ever sing like. A David Guetta rock a dance song because it never comes across well because it's not exactly. good. So he started singing and his <laughs> friends like they looked at him like we're disowning you after this because we're here. <laughs> like, oh, was it the black guy? Was it the black guy? No, nah, nah, it was it was an Asian guy. Oh, Asian. Okay, because I was on with with a black guy and he started singing. Um, and all of his friends were giving him this look from the back and you could tell <laughs> they were he should embarrass them. Do you remember the guy who was like um he was singing um Hallelujah. No, I don't know that one. Man. Oh, I'll send it to you after. It was actually so funny. And his friends were literally giving him the look like, now nah, this guy just came and is great <laughs> on national TV. <laughs> yeah, there's levels to it, you know. That's, that's why, if, like, if, say, for example, you ever wanted to go back onto one of these shows, I would be like, I've got faith. But if it's like one of my friends, yeah, that's, I don't know, just said they just sing occasionally or they sing in church once or twice. I'm like, yeah, I need to hear you sing probably before I can come show my face and be standing there with you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Otherwise, you'll get the WhatsApp five minutes before your audition. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? But exactly. There was this woman called, on there called Zoe Alexander and she was like a pink tribute act who kind of got slated off and she had a freak out. So if you go on these compilations on YouTube, you'll always find her clip in there. But at the end of 2020, she came out and she said that she was like manipulated by the staff and she got told to show up at 6 a.m and she showed up before even the x-factor staff she said she didn't want to sing a pink song but they basically said if you don't sing a pink song we won't actually meet the judges all of this stuff was going on and she kind of like exposed them and she started to get like a big following on like TikTok and social media as a result oh wow so that's why i was asking like from that standpoint it's 
it kind of similar to what you were saying. Like she got, she said she got manipulated. I don't know the validity of what she's saying. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't there in 2012 in Cardiff, but mm. it's that type of thing. Like, cause for now, say for example, I don't know. They said to you, Toby, like, yo, go on to the voice 2021. Yeah, I guess 2021. And we'll, you'll get now 500,000 followers because your performance was so good. Everyone turned their chair and then you walked away from it. Would you do it or not? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. Genuinely wouldn't. Now, I've had my friends trying to convince me to go on The Voice. Like, oh my God, they're reaching out to you. Go to, like, just do it. And there's this one particular woman, shout out to her if she's listening because she knows herself. But she's really cool. Uh, but she always, every year she's always trying to say, she's like, oh, she always tries to convince me. She's like, oh, Toby, come on, man. Just come on The Voice, please. Da, 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 da. And then like, like the reason is though, like if they guaranteed me a certain amount of following, for me it's like, like unless I'm literally performing, the only way I would do it is if I had a contract that said you'll be doing live shows every single day for a certain amount of time. Because I think people buy into the live performances, right? That's why they like you as, as the artist when you go on these shows. So they see you every week and you're singing live with a band. But then maybe now take you off stage and now they're just listening to you on Spotify, the connection ain't the same. So unless you're guaranteeing that I'm going to be having live shows every single week that you guys are going to give me good good venues and the promoters are going to be sick promoters that are going to get me an audience, you know, 500 uh, plus every night, then mm. cool, let's do it. And then we can build from there. But I think it's a very drastic change to go from on stage every week, we build a relationship with, with this artist and then bang, you're just like not on stage anymore. You're just on Spotify. And now there's, you know, it's like, I can imagine as a as an audience member or, or, or as a consumer, it's a it's a different mind shift, which is maybe why a lot of these uh, artists don't really have that that longevity. Um, but for me, like I rather build a build an audience like organically, where I know that they like my music because they listen to me on Spotify and they want to hear more of it of what I release, and they will actually come to my shows too, not just want to hear me sing live and that's it, you know? Because it's different if you come to see me like sing live and actually you streaming my music on Spotify. Yeah, I think I think you're right in that sense because there's always going to be fans that are invested up to a certain point. Like to go on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you're listening. Remember, you can listen to this podcast at all streaming services as well. By the way, you know you like yes, yes, yes. shameless plug at that. Come on, it's never but, shameless, man. It's your show. <laughs> that's, true, that's true. That's true. That's true. We take it. And yeah, um, yeah like people are going to go that far because why they've paid for their subscription, but it's free. But then to get people to spend five pounds on you to come to a venue <laughs> is one thing. And to spend up to like 30, 40 pounds, or you know, some people are charging like 80, 90 pounds. Drake was charging like 150 at one point, like when he did the Boy Meets yeah. World Tour a couple of years ago. Like it's it's getting people to believe in you and invest in you. And I definitely mm. think that singing contests and reality shows, they provide a short-term hype. But like you said throughout this whole part of the conversation, I don't think they give you like a long-term like career out of it mm, mm. like you see with with like one direction yeah <clears throat> and little mix i think i think the appeal that they had was they and by the way one direction and i'll stand by this yeah th there's a group before them called um wait the wanted the wanted thank you thank yeah, I, know you my, I, know, I know my pop music you know <laughs> thank you for thank you so before one direction there was the wanted and i thought like simon cow stole the blueprint for the wanted but just made a better and a younger version because the wanted right if they had if one direction one direction and they've even said it they put them out of business yeah mm. if the wanted were a lot younger they would have still had a bit of lifeline but because they were pushing their late teens or whatever so their time was expiring so simon cow saw that okay you have this group here that are very actually quite popular but they're all getting old so we need to get the exact same rep like replica 
and they just make it a lot younger so that they can stick around for longer. And that's what happened with One Direction. Literally, Simon Cowell stole that model. That's why they have one Asian, one boy next door, one with curly hair. Like, literally, if you look at the Wanted <laughs> and One Direction, <laughs> it's the exact same copy, but just younger people. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Yeah, go Keep preach, preach. You're, you're talking sense. Yeah, like literally, that is why like One Direction has stayed because they appealed to the to to the younger crowd, and somehow based off of the existing market, off of what was already working, he just did a better version of it. You know, that's like almost similar with Ariana Grande. Oh, she's not a better a better version of Mariah Carey by any means, but you know, she's appealing to that crowd, uh, to that new crowd, uh, whilst I guess stealing Mariah's sort of elements or should I say sorry, inspired by Mariah's elements. It's this thing that people do. Like it's like a secret formula. Like you sort of replicate something similar, but just make it young and a bit more current um mm-hmm. you know and i think that kind of works but then when you just have a great singer is that okay but what market are you appealing to people who just appreciate great vocals or people who just want to sit, sit out on saturday nights and watch you sing for an hour do you know what i mean so like that's why for me these shows yeah man i don't know i don't know that i think the only way i would go on one of these shows is if i was like really old i had my kids and then i thought you know let me just have one last shot at music man because you know i can't die without just knowing i didn't sing on stage in front of loads of people then maybe you know i'll be the father with five kids that's just come on he used to be a singer back in the day now he's trying to push his career again then yeah maybe i might do it but you know but yeah it's very unlikely man that I would. and i've considered it miles and i still do every now and then but i'm just like i know the results man even Misha B, oh my god. I mean, you know, like, I feel like for you, yeah, it's just, it sounds like singing shows and contests are all last chance saloon. Very much, like you mm. said, like, I've toured the world, I've lived my life, let me see what happens here and there. And I think there's a beauty, there's a beauty definitely in that. A bit like um, a Susan Boyle esque type figure. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, I'm not saying you look like Susan Boyle. Wow. Really? I, I said, I said, I said, not. So you like, I mean, if you have a bad translation, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you have to picture up, you'll see for yourself, people, what Toby O looks like. Because you can follow Toby where? At Toby O sings, T-O-B-I-O-S-I-N-G-S. See, halfway through the show, and I'm still making sure we get all your socials plugged. There you go. Appreciate but, it, bro. But like, <laughs> if you right, say, we don't put a weekend, not the weekend, well, the one is, um, <laughs> One Direction, because that's that's a perfect thing of looking at it, right? Say, for example, now, five years' time, less than that, but I'm going to use five years as a time reference. You're big, successful now, and say you were signed to one of these labels, and next thing you know, they've made a Toby P. Yeah? I had, they're trying to, I had to do it, you know? Had to... <laughs> what's it called? They're flinging that out now, isn't it? They, they're trying to, like, push him more than you. Where does that leave you? How would you approach that whole situation? Because that's the next thing. Because... Artist succession is a thing in the music industry. It's a thing in everything, really, isn't it? Like, someone younger, eventually, if you're not 100% of your game, is going to take over. Like, there's a reason I'm bringing it to basketball for a second. There's a reason why LeBron, who's like 35, 36, is seen as the best in the league. Because someone who's maybe like in our age bracket, or even a little bit younger, hasn't taken over from him yet. So, like, how would you how would you approach that? I mean, first of all, there ain't no competition over here. So, you know, um, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, let's just say they thought they had, you know, there was competition, right? Um, I mean, look, for me, longevity is the main thing, okay? So they can get a new Toby P on the scene, doing soul music, giving them the oohs and the ahs and the vibratos and the the soulful, silky sounds. Yeah, that's cool. But let's see if you're still here in 10, 15, 20 years' time. Now, if they are here in 10, 15, 20 years' time, 
I clap for you and I and I let's work together. You know, I'm not a hater. Let's work together. Let's make some music together. Mm. You know, let's remind the fans why they fell in love with that genre and style of music. I like, mean, for me, I, look, I, I'm all for support. As long as your longevity is there and you're actually going to stick around, not just you're there for the season because you're hot right now and then you're eventually like just dropped. You know, for me, I don't mind. I don't see it as a threat because the main thing is that over the years that I spent building my fan base, I know for a fact my fans will be loyal to me. Look, Frank Ocean is such a good example. No one can ever replicate Frank Ocean. You hear loads, loads of people. Like he's... Like, I don't think people give him enough credit for how much he's influenced a lot of black male singers mm-hmm. in R&B. Because you can hear elements of Frank Ocean in so many songs these days. It's actually ridiculous. But there will only always be one Frank Ocean. Not only is he a great singer, he's also a great lyricist, like a great writer as well. So that guy could not make music and everyone could cuss him on Twitter all day long. Like, oh yeah, come back to life. You're not making music. Oh, you let your fans down. But the minute he arises from the ashes, yeah, and says, guys, I'm doing a tour, best believe it will sell out because he's built the lower fan base. So for me, to go back to your question, I feel like I don't see it as a threat. And if that was the case, then let's work together. As long as the check is right, then yeah. Right, as, as, as long <laughs> as the check is right. <laughs> see that whole question, yeah? That doesn't matter, does it? As long as the check is right, make sure you give my bag. Then exactly. I'll think about it. Then I consider exactly. it. Then I won't do it. I consider it. Yeah, let me see the zeros, isn't it? When the zeros are flying high, yeah. Let's yeah, go. but what if it's all zero? There ain't no decimal point. Oh, okay. Then maybe, you know, I can love you from a distance. Right. You know? Or ret- retweet or share something on the Instagram with the TikToks. Exactly. <laughs> Cheeky like and that's it, you know? <laughs> you know you know what? I had a second topic that I was going to talk to you about, which kind of linked in, but we've kind of covered it across across the board. So, I mean, it's, I'm, throwing you on, I'm throwing you on the spot here, but is there any, like, major topics you want to talk about or anything that this week you might have seen or so far this year that you might want to touch upon and we can get into it? Or what are you saying? Hmm. I, do you know what you're like? In terms of the future of festivals and music, right? Yeah. I don't know what it looks like. And I've been asking people, like, how do you think music is going to be like in terms of like live shows moving forward? Like, are we never going to have live shows anymore? Is it all going to be online? Are we going to be like in like doing socially distanced festivals? How will that work? How will performers perform? How are artists like going to uh, make money? That and also Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are releasing Silk Sonic, which is going to be their new joint album. And yep. Miles, this is the first time in a very long time I've been excited about an album coming out. And they released a song recently called um, Leave the Door Open. Yep. Um, like it just came out a couple of days ago. And it reminded me why I love soul and R&B music. And it reminded me that in this market, it is still very relevant. I don't know if you've heard the song yet, yep, but like I've... it's, yeah, like, so yeah, those two topics yeah, have been on my lips like for the last couple of days. All right, I'm making sure I'm making notes so we can tackle them at the same time, yeah? So, <laughs> as, we, as we done, see, this is how you know the podcast, we don't edit here, you know what I mean? We just do it on the play. But exactly. the whole point, let's talk about Bruno Mars and Anderson, Anderson Pack then for a minute, mm. because I'm, it's funny, this is going to sound so random, because my, I was playing music, I think, I was playing Treasure last week, and I've kind of been off socials for a while, I haven't really been looking at any of that stuff. And my mom was like, yo, she didn't say yo, but yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be weird. Yo, mouse. My, no, my mom pulled up and said, yo, I'd be like, yo, what's going on here? But she's like, oh, where's Bruno Mars dropping music? And I was like, I don't even know for this. Like, he ain't dropped music in a minute. But mm-hmm. then we got this this song, and we got obviously this uh, joint tape, Silk Sonic, in it, it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I listened to the song, and the way and you know these, you know, the whole like the patterns and the singing styles, but the way they seamlessly blended in with each other. It seems so effortless. Yeah, yeah, it did. And do you know what? Yeah, like, do you know, it's crazy because like what I really respect in artists in general, right? 
are when you, if you're going to collaborate with an artist, yeah, the goal shouldn't be, oh, I'm going to out-sing you, I'm going to out-rap you. Obviously, back in the day, when it came to rap, that was a whole different ballgame. So, yeah, I was trying to prove that you were the, the you know, the baddest. But when you're dealing with, like, singers, yeah, especially so on R&B singers, it shouldn't be, oh, let me out-sing you. It should be, we're going to work together to make beautiful music. And they displayed that so effortlessly because you can see that they, like, Anderson Pack weren't trying to over-sing. He kept, he, he stayed in his lane, like, in terms of doing, like, the whole choppy, like, he's doing what he does he's doing Alice and then Bruno Mars came in with the vocals and just did the high notes and they weren't trying to do what the other does to show that they're better than the other they just literally stayed in their lane and complimented each other that's why I think the the magic and the the genuinity of it just translated a lot yeah because you could you know when artists try to outsing each other it's just annoying it's like if you know why this is not a competition <laughs> yeah it's, it's that point where it's like one sings and hits that note and the other one's there staring across the stage and trying to hit the same note and it's like hey, hit, hit, hit my G honey your lemon my G come on right. trust me and that's I think right. it's true because it was very much like it. I'm not really like I'm an R&B fan I'm a soul fan but I wouldn't say I'm on the levels as you on that mm. by far no but it, it gave me a good feel I was like I do want to hear the rest of this tape mm. So I mean, I mean, we we'll have to wait and see what happens in the next couple of weeks. It's good to have them both back. It's been a minute since they both dropped. Yeah, I don't know about you. Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say that. Like, do you know, it's it's interesting as well because uh, Bruno Mars did an interview and he was saying that um, coming off the back of Twenty Four K Magic tour, he mm. felt as though like he didn't say exactly like this, but this is what he was trying to get at, right? That after the tour, he just felt like he had nothing more to give that was gonna top Twenty Four K Magic. And in my head, that came out so many years ago and he's not really released music since then. And it kind of made sense that, oh, you've not released music because you've been afraid that whatever you release isn't going to be as good as maybe 24K Magic. Because mm. that, that's what you're trying to basically get to and get at. And it just kind of humbled me a lot because it's like, okay, so if Bruno Mars can have down days about his artistry and days when he's not feeling confident, mm. then why do I, why, why do I as an upcoming artist, artist beat myself up about it when I feel the same way about my music and it's just like and i'm not even on his level yet you know yeah. so like to me it's like for every artist who's even listening to this podcast right now like if bruno mars could feel the pressures of his own success listen you that you're there stressing in your room trying to make beats on logic relax you're going to be fine Trust okay? me. You know what, do you know what it is though like i think and i can say this from an outsider looking in but you agree with me or disagree i think he was worried about peaking like I think in across the board for everybody, whether you're working an office job and you're working on projects and say you you multi you break that million pound deal for the first time and that's your biggest deal, you've now hit 10. And then the next deal is you're only making 500k, which is a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but obviously compared to 10 million, it's different. For an artist having like Bruno Mars having like a number one massive going crazy with it. And even if you hear Treasure 24 Karma, those songs play play now and people will go off on them. Even they're like five, six years old, I think, right now. Mm. Yeah. Like if he then dropped the next album and he didn't have two or three of those songs, people would have been like, oh, has he fallen off? And then you get that yeah. kind of stuff coming in. Anderson Pack's in a different lane because Bruno Mars for me is bigger than Anderson Pack. Oh, he is, for sure. But it's still, like Anderson Pack hasn't got anything to lose doing this collaboration, whereas Bruno Mars, this is kind of like, not a homecoming, but it's a return. It's like, oh, like we said with Frank Ocean, it's like, Bruno Mars is back. Oh, raw, like, we got this. He's not back by himself this time. It's like, maybe he's using Silk Sonic to like, ease his way back in and kind of see where the world and the landscape's like. Mm, I think it's quite clever um, what he's done. Because if he tried to do a solo album himself, um, 
I guess maybe leaning towards his fears is probably likely that it could have flopped if he didn't get with the times, you know? Um, because like he was saying, like, he can never make, you know, another When I Was Your Man, or he can never make another 24K Magic. He can't do it, you know, because, like, that it's, it's done. But I think he's done it very clever that, okay, since I'm scared of, you know, uh, outdoing myself, I'm just going to collaborate with somebody who's as dope as me, and then we're just going to do it together. And people will appreciate it and, like, really, really anticipate it because, I'm, you see, I might do that. If I reach the peak of my career, I'm gonna work with somebody who's like me and good. I say, that's, that's <laughs> I, what I, say. <laughs> I say, do it because at the end of the day, that's that's what people do. Like collabs are an important part of the music industry. You don't have to do collabs, but collabs freshen up things, and you get fans or you get stuff out of it. They get stuff out of it, and you never know what can happen. I mean, going off the back of it and going into our next topic, which I'm doing this, this segue. I shouldn't have said it because otherwise it would have been so so smooth. But seeing these men at a festival would have been sick this year. Yep, I know, I know. Wait, f- first of all, can I just really big up how you connect everything? Like, you are like the, <laughs> like, it's actually so, because <laughs> you always do this, yeah? Even the last time we had a, you were just tying it all in. I was like, like you were just knotting everything together. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, come on. But, uh, um, very, so very yeah, no, no, that's cool, man. I got you. <laughs> but like, in terms of like, um, live shows, I don't know, because like, I don't know, like, with coronavirus, I feel like the only way to overcome this is obviously if you're going to be with your band, then you guys should all know that you're all negative or you're going to just distance on stage. But then in terms of the actual audience, I think if they just made squares that everyone has to stay within the square, like they did this in Australia or some other country whereby it was still festivals, but they had booths in the festival, but you had to be in your booth. Now, to me, I don't even like being around people and touching people. So for me, that's it. Like, put me in a booth in the outdoor, <laughs> in the outdoor, let me watch people perform and I'm good. Like, because you know when you're festival and people are trying to rub up shoulders and you get some drunk, um, you know, people trying to come up on you. Like, it's just like, nah, man, move. Shall I tell you, know you the, one, the, the one part that's like an underwritten rule that people don't talk about enough? <laughs> Girls farting in, in live spaces. Oh gosh, who's popping in your face? Nah, <laughs> I'm tall. If you're farting in my face, I'm six foot three, I'd be scared. I'm 12 foot giant. But, like, it's just, I've, there's been so many times, yeah, where I've been at like live festivals or shows or even in clubs or like indoor venues, and there'll just be a smell that will pop off. And then I remember one oh time, gosh. yeah, one girl, I know she farted in it, and she looked at me. <laughs> like, I was like, nah, 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 none of that, none of that. And you're you looking at me. Like, like, like I know it was you. Yeah, I knew it was you. You farted. I know it was you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was saying it to one girl one time. Yeah, she gave me that the, the maddest stare ever. I'm like, I know. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I won't I won't say it. I know, baby. Oh I mean, I'm God. aware of it. You know, see, I could do with with like with a fart. I could do with that. What I can't do because I these farts you lost for like 20 seconds, it lingers and it fades away, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then I can't do with BO. Like, especially like on the train in festivals, people are just sweating and then you're just smelling. And then it's like, yo, did you not like spray your armpits? Or when you're on the train and it's packed and then they have the audacity to raise their hands to lean on the pole and your armpits are smelling. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not have respect by yourself? Do you know what? I feel like there's a certain, either your nose just don't work. Yeah. Or you're just like such a, like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it. It's my podcast. You're such a bad bitch that you don't care no more. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, listen, I ain't got my Dove, my Lynx, my Right Guard, whatever else you use, other brands. Like, but I'ma just do what I gotta do. Or you can. Some people just sweat bare, you know, and they just they just smell in it. And it's, I mean, your know ears. Like someone said it to me one time. The human body is kind of a disgusting thing, but it's kind of beautiful at the same time. Mm. So obviously, at a festival, especially stuff like Glastonbury. 
and that you're gonna see the best and the worst of it. Do you know what I mean? Some of these festival girls don't shower for like three days, you know. They just wake up <laughs> and just honestly, they just wake up and they just roll up and carry on their day as if they weren't just, just sweating the night before. Like there's a spe- there's a particular kind of people who do this, but I won't mention that. But yeah, they just don't shower like for days at these festivals. So we know that you're basically, if you ever do go to like the Glastonbury, I mean, you're glamping. You're doing the glamorous camping right there. I can't lie, man. I ain't got time to be sweating. Do you know, I actually went camping. I, so I went to Download Festival yeah, years ago to work on a bar when I was like back in uni. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I went and I, I've always thought I would enjoy like, you know, the whole tent life and like living in a tent and blah, blah, blah. You know, like outdoors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those four days I spent there, honestly, I wanted to, I wanted to slap every single person that was around me. Like, I'm sleeping <laughs> in the tent. Yeah. Actually, I'm sleeping in the tent, yeah. The tent is dripping. I'm waking up to drip, drip on my face from the tent. Have you ever slept in a tent before and it starts dripping? No. Oh, was it raining or something? It went, I think it's the condensation inside, so it just makes your tent uh, drip. Maybe because I've got, got a cheap tent. I've never tented in my life. Even putting up the tent was a nightmare, yeah? The window, <laughs> <laughs> the window I had to eventually just use a rock to keep it to keep it steady. But like, I'm sleeping on soil, I'm seeing bugs, people are drunk in the morning, and then you can't even go and have a, can't even wash your hands because you're using those makeshift plastic toilets outside. Oh, uh... I was stressed. I was so stressed out, man. And, and like me and my friends were the only black people there, so oh, the whole thing here yeah, was just mad. I said, never again am I going camping. I don't know who forced me to, to do camping. <laughs> I think, I think, I, don't, I have one camping experience. I was like 11, it was in like primary school, in year six. So I, I can't, as an adult, ever say I've been camping. And it's not, you know, like some people have an urge to go like, hi guys, let's go camping this week. That's not me, in it. You know what I mean? If you suggest that to me, you clearly do not know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's just not a thing. I, I Don't get me wrong. I like, I will go camping at some stage to try it out. But I need to go with the right people because if if I go and it's it's a madness or you're, if it's like a festival you're opening the portaloo, it's like nah because like actually no because I went wildlife festival 2016 yeah and I think there was an option there's me and my mate and we had an option to either camp or get a hotel. My me and my mate looked at each other. I was like we're getting a hotel. Like, <laughs> it, he, he, had, he had a car, so he was driving. So he drove from London to Eastbourne, and we had to go to, from Eastbourne to Brighton, which is probably not too far. It's like London to Luton, it's not too far. But we made that sacrifice and said, listen, we're not even going to drink or anything, yeah, just so we can get the car and just keep it moving. Because mm. you don't want to be caught in a situation where, one, we have to either sleep in the car, because that's long. Or, you know what I mean? We just made sure. And that's the thing, camping is not... It's not a thing, especially when it's attached to a festival because there's too many different factors. Like you said, people are drunk in the morning. Fair enough, yeah. it's a festival. You know what I mean? Fair enough, it's, you know, you're, it's a, it's like not a home away from home because that shouldn't be your home. But it's a thing to do and you come back to normality on the Monday or the Tuesday. It's just not for us. Let's just say it's not for us, isn't it? Even the food, man. You know, the trucks where they have the, the sausages every morning, then the wet, wet eggs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my boys there, like he went, he went, um, he didn't even go to festival. He, he just went camping, right? Mm-hmm. And it was with his white friends. And I, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, look, bro, like, like I've known you since you were young. I don't think you're gonna like. I know how these particular sets of guys are like. Like they can do all this camping lifestyle, you know. Uh, but you know, we are African here. We don't really camp like that. And I don't think you're gonna <laughs> enjoy this. <laughs> and so, bro, I don't think you're really gonna enjoy this trip. And take it from me, I went to Dallas Festival to work. I had to sleep in a tent. It was dripping on my face. Like, I'm telling you, bro, I don't think you're gonna enjoy this. He was like, Nah, man. You know, yeah, these are my colleagues. I'm gonna go camp with my, you know, friends, with my English friends. I was like, All right, cool. They went camping now, yeah? Mm. And I call him, I'm like, oh yeah, so how's it going? He's like, listen, 
<laughs> it's not listen, I should have listened to you. I said, where are you? He said, I'm sleeping in the car. They're wow. all sleeping outside. I said, there you go. He said they're all sleeping on the on the uh, mud and sleeping on this and catching fish and stuff. And he's just in the car with the AC on. <laughs> but he slept, this guy slept in the car for three, four days. I said, no, you see, didn't I tell you? Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, it kind of like, by the way, before we continue, yeah, obviously, Toby said, like, you know, white boys and stuff like that. I'm sure there's some black people and some other races that are moving just as mad when it comes to camping as well. It's not just For exclusive. sure, of course, of but, course. But it's just, I, like, I'm stuck. I'm conflicted because I'm like, if I'm your mate, yeah, and you know you've gone with people who are going to be about that life anyway. They're, people, when I say that, I mean the people who are keen campers, yeah? And you're not a keen camper. I think you just have to get on with it for three days, you know? And then you just go home and you don't talk to them for like a month. <laughs> oh, that was such a, that was such a good trip. With my phone's on red, boy. I'm not responding to you until a month. I need to get over it. Because, <laughs> like, look, being that person now who's just sitting in the car, don't get me wrong, the car's comfortable. Yeah, you got, they might have the leather seat, you might have the seats, you have the AC, you're good. You have your Netflix, whatever. But you're not kind of getting that full embrace. I don't know how we've gone from festivals mm. to camping, but they kind of come in hand in hand. But, like, <laughs> you kind of have to at some stage if you're already going to the trip you've committed to a certain level of thing i'm not saying yo you have to do something mad but you might as well go 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 to the river get that fly hook pick up that fish and cook the fish mm. and, and sleep in the with the caterpillars and the bugs i'm not doing i'm never doing this but i'm saying for your friends sake, you know what i mean <laughs> no but no but you see i get it because he was saying that he couldn't even really use the toilet how there was like a little makeshift like that plastic what is it with these plastic toilets but anyway there was like a makeshift plastic toilet and that like you know and he couldn't really wash himself properly he had to use wet wipes and he said just said he was just vexed for the whole three four days and i said <laughs> i said but i did i tell you i said i told you stay in your lane we don't do camping why why are you going camping like no one told you to go camping you know but you know yeah i think he recovered he's good um yeah them ones where you just have to learn in it but you know i actually would go camping again that's how mad it is like but this time I would prepare so I'll get a better tent that doesn't drip and maybe um, I might get a hotel as well just so if I don't if I decide that I don't want to camp or see now see now that I'm deep in about this camping thing I'm now nah, I'm backtracking now no no now, I, do you I, don't, I don't think I would that it's the right <laughs> like I said it's the right people you go you get a good tent yeah you plan mm. that and you go to the right people so it's one night because I'm not good with like sleeping in one night. Like, I have to, I need to get comfortable with a space before I can fall asleep properly. So I really know for mm. one night, I'm going to have a dead night as it is anyway. Right. But mm. I'd rather do it for one night camp and say I've done it and I've kept it moving than to be staying there for like three or four nights when, yeah, it can get peaked because some people after three days, yeah, they might feel dirty, but they don't smell dirty. And other dons just smell terrible. So... Mm. It's that kind of level where it's like, you kind of have to know yourself, do you know what I mean? It's like, I know I need to press this exit button, get in my car and get out of it ASAP, yeah? But you see, but I wouldn't do it for just one day though, because that kind of like, that's pointless, just one day, maybe two days. At least you know you you suffered for two days. But I'm not trying to live outside though. (laughs) Like, camping... It, 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 listen, it's true, but you know what the difference is? Like, one camping is one night, yeah, for me. One, two nights, max. After that, you're just looking like your lay of the land, bro. You're just out here, just you belong to like as future, so you belong to the streets. That's it. Like, I'm not. No, but you know, yeah, I reckon, right? If we were actually forced to camp, me, you, my friend, anybody, right? I reckon we would have to adapt. You know, imagine we were lit, like imagine the world, yeah. Something happened where all houses just disappeared and they would just turn into trees and bushes. Mm-hmm. Some people would turn like I reckon people would survive. Like we would adapt, like because before we had civilization, we have cave, we have cavemen, and you know. So 
I reckon we could do it, you know. Don't you just have to tap into your animal instinct, Mouse? Just click, tap into that. Yeah, and man. you know, become a bit of a beast. Like if you need to eat another human being to survive, then hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, Mouse. No, man. No. I'm a, I'm holding out Spider-Man, I'm hitting the multiverse, I'm going back to the normal world. Like all this all this stuff you're telling me, I'm just like, nah, man, I'm alright still. Like, Eat another human. I'm all right still. No, it's, it's not about to be Hannibal Lecter 2021. No. <laughs> but we talk about festivals, isn't it? Um, and because like, that was, I ain't gonna lie, that camping was funny, man. I can't even. <laughs> but well, with festivals, I, I spoke about this in my podcast last week, I think it was, because Redden and Leeds, I think Wireless is what my mate told me, but I don't know if that's 100%, but Redden and Leeds definitely have said they're doing like their festivals this year. Okay. As um, in like in person or virtually? Because like, no. I've seen some that are like virtual. In person, in person. Oh, okay. okay. Right. And I don't know if it's a good idea. I said last week that because I'm talking in February and now I was talking in March about this, I don't know what August is going to look like in mm. five months, if they do it in September, six months time. But what if, say, for example, right now, you said you don't really like being around people at festivals and that too much anyway. But say, for example, it's just they just say, cool, it's just going to be like how it was in 2019. It's just going to be 2021. The corona is still around. Are you backing it and taking a risk? Or are, are you going to, or do you believe that people need to prove that they had the vaccine and stuff before they can get access into the festivals in the first place? I mean, for me, right? I'm seeing it from the performance perspective. So if that is the case, whether like they approve it or not, I'm going to be on stage on my, by myself, you know? So if y'all want to come out and catch COVID to come and see me perform, you know, I mean, that's a risk that you have to take, but I would not encourage people to be mingling just yet because I mean, if people are coming out to see me specifically, then yeah, I don't want my fans to catch coronavirus. So I would encourage them to like be sensible and have a, you know, um, you see this whole vaccine thing, that's another subject. So we're not going to go in right now because you know, I'm not sure about the vaccine. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I would encourage people to like socially distance basically and be safe. But if they choose to ignore that and risk it, then that's on them. But like, for me, I would just say be safe. Um, I think it, we should probably still wait, you know, until maybe things like the stats go down. And obviously, you can't even trust these stats because you don't know what, what's true with the government. If it's fake, if it's real, you just don't know, innit? Mm. But for me, I wouldn't be so keen to jump into 2019 festival lifestyle in 2021. Uh, because, yeah, for me, as my mama says, prevention is better than cure, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I it's, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you in any uh, shape or form just because it's I would I don't know like I've this whole kind of COVID 2020 into 2021 situation I haven't really ever been that worried because through all the pan- former pandemics and t- I'm touching wood I'm touching my wooden table where's my I, wood let me find my wood and yeah touch it I, I haven't had any issues ever swine flu bird flu this anything I've always been good in it I keep myself quite healthy even I mean, though the other I'm day, like, Miles, you were coughing hysterically on the phone. I mean, yeah, but that's not laughing. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's not laughing. You know what I mean? When the laugh is that powerful that it just takes the wind out of you for a second. You know what I mean? You sure it's just, sure it's just a laugh. Yeah, it's not something else. Hey, don't, hmm. don't be, don't be jinxing me, please. Don't, Look at don't, you sideways now. No Azealia, <laughs> no judge will be on my line. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I don't know what I was gonna say. Now you know, I threw me off. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Man. No, you were saying. Uh, see, now I threw myself off. Like, you were saying about um, that. Lucky you've not caught anything. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That that's you've not had swine flu, coronavirus, nothing. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I was saying like I wouldn't. I don't know how I'd feel like going back because it's 
I don't know about you, but like, obviously, when, when the weather's nice or every so often, even from last year into this year, we're recording this on Sunday, by the way. So I went out just to go to the supermarket, as you do, your, your local trip. There was bare people on road in my area, innit? And I was like, wow, this is this is a bit of it. I didn't see this many people out on road. But then you think about a festival and like in festivals, you get lost in your space with your friends, your mates, you're all watching forward. You don't know how many people are to the side and behind you until you really turn around and deep it. Mm. So having a festival open space like that, I think I would I would 100% back it next year. 100% back it next year. As if with everyone just around? Yeah, with everyone around next year. Because by then, it should be, hopefully, again, fingers crossed, died down. But this year, I think it's too soon. Because we're, we're, it's already March now. Mm, like, and it's not like a lot, it's not like there's free travel. People aren't moving around and that. Like, I remember last year, a couple of people went to like festivals in like Maltar and there was like one in Germany and stuff when borders were not, like, it was still open. But I don't know, man. I'm kind of leaning with you. I'd rather wait. I'd just rather be patient with it. Okay, so here's the question. And taking that into account, would you go to a festival that's like abroad? What now? Was in 2020? Now, yeah. Like, but but a really fe- like festival that you really want. Like, so let's say they took Glastonbury abroad, right? Mm-hmm. And you really wanted to go and had your favorite lineups, yeah? Like, would you go? Nah. No? Nah. Because you have to, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to risk getting COVID to see, I don't know, Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or Drake. Mm. No, like I, there's um, as much as I might like their music, they're, they're not as important as my health. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hear that. that's the thing. People wanna sometimes they get they get gas, they get excited, but you gotta think like they these people have never met you in their life, they don't know you. You might think like you know them and stuff like that, but I'm not gonna risk it with some next don who's like three or four people behind me coughing his lungs out and then infecting everyone. I don't want to be part of that new story. No, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. so it's you gotta kind of put levels to it, but. I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens in the year. But I mean, it's not, it's an important topic because summer's here. People are outside again. When the weather gets nice, no one's trying to stay in their house naturally. I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. No, but like, it's getting more and more frustrating. But it's weird because like, as much as I want to go out, at the same time, when I, when I deep it, when I think about it, I'm just like, but do you really want to go out? Like, do you actually want to be mingling with people just rubbing shoulders every day here? Like, do you know what I mean? So, because even when they say, okay, guys, everything is open now, I'm still going to be on guard. Like, if you come, like the other day I was on the bus. <laughs> do you know what, yeah, this, I, this, uh, the people, listen, if you are this person that I'm about to describe, change your life, yeah? Right. I was on a bus the other day, right? I don't even like catching bus, but I said, do you know what, I'm going to catch a bus today, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on the bus, I'm sitting down. There's clearly a seat, like, literally opposite me that is completely free this man decides to come and sit right in front of me but i had to i'm like yo we are in a pandemic in a panoramic <laughs> as everyone's saying in a pandora panoramic here but and you are you are coming to sit in front of me i had to literally and he couldn't even see my my expression because i have a mask on didn't it that's even but. the worst part if it's if it's screwing it no one can see that, that <laughs> you got a mask on and i had to take my take up my shopping and go and sit where i thought he was going to sit and it's just like, nah, like even if even if things go back to normal, yeah, I don't know if I can go back to normal because I'm just looking at everyone sideways, like, yo, don't come too close to me. Like just keep I mean, it, the, it sounds it would just sounded like the guy wanted like some interaction. Do you know what I mean? He wanted to feel nah. up, feel up your energy and that, you know. I'm what I mean? good. I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. I was probably I was thinking I want to get to know you. Nah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I should look up on purpose and be like, <laughs> but, you know, you know, what are you saying is true though. Like these days, you have to really look at someone's eyebrows. The eyebrows have become their most important feature. Because, like, you know, when someone's smiling through a mask, like, 
you can kind of tell they're smiling because their eyes kind of bright up a bit and the eyebrows are kind of high. And if they're mm. screwing, obviously the eyebrows go a bit pointed. But I've really perfected like my eyebrow expressions now for me. Yeah. It's, like, it's all it's all that like, pisses me off. Yeah, I'll still smile, but I'm like, you're an idiot, bro. You're I, I, I want to say worse, but I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then other times, yeah, it's what like, the eyebrows are important asset. Even they're the most underrated part of the face right now. I can't lie. Yeah. Without your eyebrows, like you have no expression. That's actually true. If you didn't have eyebrows here, like how would people? So we're just going into different topics. Like, I, I was I just thinking about it now. If eyebrows didn't exist here, how would like would you have expressions? Like would you have good expressions? Nah, because no people would unless you force it. Yeah, like you do like a grimace for when you're angry or you turn into some like like dog or something like crazy. Like or, you, <laughs> or you're laughing. No one's gonna if your face was covered and you had a mask on, no one would know your actual um, expression, what you're doing. That's interesting, yeah. I think. I'm not a scientist, I don't know that. But I'm gauging it from trying to picture my face and with a mask on and what I do, I think. Now there's some people, right? So uh in uh, some tribes in Africa where they shave off their eyebrows and then they sort of draw it on. Mm. And I'm just thinking now that I wonder if sometimes when this happens, if like, if they do it by expression. So like, let's say I've woken up in a good good mood today, I'm going to make it higher or just do a basic line, like just to see how the expression is for eyebrows. It's mm. interesting because I guess maybe that's why some tribes in Africa do that, where they'll actually shave the eyebrows up and then just draw, draw it on. Yeah. Mm. And also for reference as well, like, there are tribes in Africa that do that from what Toby said. There are also people in the UK that shave off their eyebrows and pencil them back on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. some of our parents do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So literally, all, all you gotta do is and obviously ask them first, get their water, wash the eyebrows off, and then see what actually happens <laughs> at your own risk. Because <laughs> <laughs> you start to splash water on someone's face and take their eyebrow off with obviously the ones that are penciled on, could be a whole different ball game. But they can be slapping you, hit you with a handbag, the hand, the belt, all sorts. You know, yeah, my eyebrows is the one thing that I feel like I would not want to shave off because I don't know why. I just feel, feel like it won't grow back. Because when I was younger, I had this accident where I fell down from like a, from this pole mm-hmm. and I slammed my head into the concrete and it shaved off my, my eyebrow and it's not grown back since. So I would be so paranoid for anything to happen to my eyebrows like in future because I, I just feel like it just won't grow back again. This is, why, this is why so many people spend so much money threading their eyebrows and making sure nah, that's that too much. the eyebrows are like on point. Do you know what I mean? I don't really care about eyebrows that much. I can't believe we're eyebrows. We started this season. <laughs> but like, eyebrows are like, they're just there really, isn't it? Like, mm. but they're so, like I said, like we said, they're so, they're so important. Do you know what I mean? They're so essential to the face, right? This is how he, you go, God. It's crazy. Like, obviously, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe God created us. So I really must commend, you know, the creator for giving us such unique features like the eyelash. It stops like uh, s- sweat from touching your eyeballs. It protects your eyeballs. When you when you uh, when you observe the human body, mouse, even your pupils, right? If things get closer or f- f- further away, like the thing in your eye, was it? You know the the, the, the suddenly, yeah, it goes bigger and smaller. And they they design cameras based on our eyes. It's so crazy when you look at our bodies. Yeah, we are we are very complex, like amazing creations. It's crazy. Sorry, I'm, I'm just reflecting. I'm just analyzing the human body right now. Like, it's just crazy. This is legit gone from singing contests to biology channel <laughs> to Christian channel to... <laughs> it's, going, it's going crazy. You know what? We need to just end it there for now before we go on a bad tangent. We've been on yes. for 
on for a while. Let's talk about the single again real quick, just before people. So actually, first of all, shout out to everyone who's listened and got this far. You've been listening one part, two parts, three parts, four parts. Salute to you for getting all the way through the Miles Pukowski podcast. And uh, Toby, yeah, so this new single is out right now. Um, talk about it again real quick. Let people know where they can find it. Yeah, sure. So uh, it's my new single called Love, um, featuring Epifania, the uh, the lo-fi uh, legend on Spotify. So check it out. Um, it's the song is just a, it's a song where it's a vulnerable song uh, where literally, I guess in life sometimes we feel as though we need love, uh, whatever we define love as, and who we want the love from. Uh, and yeah, it's just a song where I'm just basically expressing, you know, the emotion of others and myself sometimes where we feel like we need love. So yeah, you know, tap in and connect with the song uh, and yeah, add it to your playlist. Yeah, make sure you follow it as well, not follow it, follow Toby, there we go, on uh, social media as well. Make sure you get him the handles, which are? Uh, at Tobio Sings across the board on everything. T-O-B-I-O Sings. There you go. And then, yeah, man, that's it. Listen, Toby, you were the first guest on this part of the podcast. I want to salute to you. Thank you for joining me today. I feel so privileged and honoured. Miles, thank you for gracing me, uh, for allowing me to grace you with my presence. Thank you very much. It's all good. And I love, and you, and you know, I'm your number one listener, by the way. I literally listen to everything you do, you know. So that's why I was very keen to come on as well, because, you know, you know I'm a fan. So, yeah, thank it's you. A, I appreciate it, appreciate it. To be honest, when we get more music throughout the year further down then we'll probably have you on the other part of the podcast which is just our oh, interview so you'll hear toby again at some stage this year so the guys do not worry about that yes uh, all right <laughs> <laughs> i was like yes <laughs> i just I I to leave a leave a bit of space you know what i mean so you can say a little something, something. but listen we were miles and toby this is the miles Mikoski podcast this is what a week but a special edition where we have a guest on the show that was toby o I'll see you guys next week. We got a guest interview this week on Wednesday. It's with the MC. So make sure you check that out. And I'll see you guys sometime soon for another one of these. But next time by myself. In a bit. Peace.